Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Across the Pond Sports Podcast, part of Across the Pond Sports Network. Don't forget to drop us a rating and review after the episode. Check us out on social media and on our website at atpsports.net. So this week is going to get very confusing. I have Ryan Doherty, as always, as my co-host this week. And we have another Ryan from across the pond. Um, So we're going to refer to Ryan Doherty as Doc, apparently, because that's what he likes to be called. And apparently all his friends call him Doc, although I've never heard that. Um, Mm, I wonder why. (laughs) Probably because I'd take the mic. Um, Ryan, my man. So I uh, met a, a very close personal friend of yours um on clubhouse um indeed indeed uh your mother stacy <laughs> so we'll give her a shout out um now um she told me that you have a podcast you thought you'd do something during the pandemic that would be a bit more positive than talking about covid um so tell me how did you get started and uh, what's the name of your podcast yeah, for sure. Uh, before I get started, you know, shout out to Mama Bear Stacy out there. Uh, just visited me this past weekend at JMU uh, in uh, Virginia. If uh, anyone's ever uh, heard of it or doesn't know about it, that's where I go to college. Uh, shout out to her getting this, uh, getting this done, getting us connected. But, uh, you know, starting all the way from the beginning uh, when I started my podcast, I was actually, uh, you know, kind it was kind of weird how it started. I had a group of my uh, group of friends completely separate, not even like involved with this podcast that were starting their own like college basketball podcast. And I was like, oh, you know, I don't know. I don't know anything about college basketball, but would I be able to like join you guys, try and like learn and talk? And they were, they were like, nah, you know, we're just trying to get guys who, you know, know college basketball. And I was like, oh, I was like, all good. And then I hit up my other friend. I was like, hey, you know, I'll start a podcast about football, you know, draft season was upon us want to do mock drafts you know underrated overrated guys so we're like sure started that up uh you know went through about a month of it not not a bunch not a ton of listeners at first but then uh you know I really got into uh you know the promotions side of uh, Instagram you know growing the account through that and we started doing that and then somehow some way uh I got connected with a player on the Tennessee Titans who was un- an undrafted free agent from uh, that draft. Uh, Nick Westbrook actually uh, ended up making the roster, had a couple of catches uh, in the regular season and the playoffs, which was awesome. But uh, we, en- we ended up hitting him up. Uh, we were texting back and forth and we ended up having him on as a guest uh, for our show. And I guess, you know, that, that moment, uh, that, uh, that first guest that we had on kind of uh, jump sparked our, our entire podcast, you know, the brand that we've built uh, today, you know, we've kind of uh, moved from a uh, podcast that talks about uh, football to a podcast that, you know, we'll post about, you know, different football topics, different uh, events that's going on too. And also uh, for our podcast, we uh, interview, you know, different football players amongst, uh, you know, high school from three-star to five-star recruits to college players in both SBS and FCS. 
and then also uh, NFL players and uh, retired NFL players. And also we'll talk to, uh, you know, different uh, ESPN people, uh, reporters, you know, basically any type of guests we could get that is uh, in somewhat related to the football world, we would be more than willing to have on our uh, show. And we've grown, you know, huge, huge amount. I've made numerous connections. Uh, I've both internships that I've gotten uh, this past year, you know, we're because of this podcast. So, you know, just absolutely blessed uh, to have what I have. And I, I talk about this a lot with some people, you know, obviously Corona being the uh, terrible, terrible virus that it is. But, uh, you know, Corona was in some way a blessing for me because it really, you know, jump started and helped me figure out what I want to do in the real world and allowed me to create this, uh, you know, beautiful, beautiful podcast and brand that I have now. So, uh, you know, bit a bit of a long story, bit of rambling for me. But, yeah, that's basically uh, what, what all, all I'm about pretty much. No, that's awesome. And, you know, as much as the pandemic has been a, a blight on, on most people's lives, um, it's great to see someone doing something positive um, and, and making something positive out of it. So, no, nah, man, it's, it's pretty good. And and like you say, getting guests is something that um, you do start to kind of network and, and talk mm-hmm. to people that you've never talked to before and probably would never have talked to uh, unless you had done a podcast. So, no, and, and managing to get a player from the Tennessee Titans is, is pretty sweet. Um, oh, yeah, we haven't, we haven't, we, we managed to get a, a hockey player on our NHL podcast, uh, Jordan Southern. Um, uh, he plays in Slovenia, um, but he, he was, he was on and he was brilliant. And like you say, I mean, it, it's great to connect. And um, Ryan, our doc, sorry. Um, you, um, we've had some great guests so far and, and we've got some big guests coming up as well. Yeah. Um, I think, um, out of the kind of guests that we've had, I mean, we we've had we've had some uh, real big names, and obviously in the uh, the upcoming kind of space of a couple of months, we're going to have some even bigger guests as well, aren't we, James? Yes, we are. Um, so we'll make this announcement now, and um, we'll put some social media stuff out of it. Um, but next week um, on our podcast, we will have from the Golden State Warriors um, the sideline reporter Kareth Burke. Um, just had confirmation today um, that she is going to be joining us on next week's show to talk about herself, her career, and also um, all the kind of news topics and everything about the league, um, which is what we're going to do now in just a second. Um, But she's going to come in and and do that with us. Um, That is a a huge guest to have. Um, She's a big name out in the Bay Area, so very much looking forward to having herself on the show. Um, Another shout-out just now as well, since we're doing shout-outs, the Pro Sports Network on Clubhouse are running a conference. It's called the Game Changers Conference. It's a four-day conference. Um, Big shout-out to Candy Conda, um, who is running that on Clubhouse. Um, So if you want to get more into the sports world um you can do that on there um today i did a a panel on podcasting um, but they're doing other panels on sports journalism and uh, breaking into the sport and sports careers so that's maybe not as a player but maybe if you wanted to kind of do something in the media they're also looking at esports sports betting they've got um holistic medicine they've got everything from um, sports agents to women in sports and all this kind of stuff so it's a four-day event um, you can actually check it out as well on prosportsnetwork.club uh, on the internet and you can kind of go through and you can have a look at what they've got on offer uh, but so I was in there today um, and a lot of great exchange of ideas and a lot of contacts being made on there as well so um, that will move on for uh, the moment let's now move along Ryan to basketball now what is who who is your team oh man ever since I was nine years old so I I tell the story to everyone because when I say my team people always say oh bandwagon immediately uh I have a story behind it not many people believe it but I guarantee you it's a hundred percent honestly a hundred percent truth uh back when I was about eight or nine years old I got a NBA live like 08 or 09 on my Wii and I was just playing around with teams played with Miami Heat fell in love with some, fell in love with uh, Dwayne Wade, the player. So I'm always been repping the Miami Heat, big, uh, huge, absolutely huge Jimmy and Bam fan and super, super hyped that we got uh, Victor Oladipo at the deadline as well. Uh, Was extremely happy that we made the finals uh, last year, even though we uh, got our asses kicked in the, uh, in the finals by the Lakers, which kind of expected, but still, you know, very happy with the team right now. And, uh, you know, can't wait for the playoffs for sure. 
Yeah, they had a great run last year. Um, and Doc, talking about um, bandwagoners, you, you follow LeBron around a bit, don't you? <laughs> is this this is going to become a weekly thing, isn't it? You just having a dig at the fact that I like players rather than teams. Um, yeah, no, I, a lot of people, a lot of listeners know I, I like the Heat. I like Jimmy. Um, James likes to think that I only started liking the Heat when LeBron went there. Um, <laughs> As it came to, to fruition, I actually told him last week I have a Shaq jersey from when Shaq went to the Heat, so he can't really now say a bandwagon from then. Not a superstar who was aging and you know was not in the prime of his career, so it was still, the two of them versus. Still won a couple of championships. So. He was he was pretty good for us. I won't lie. Yeah, he yeah, was pretty good for us. Yeah, that's true. Thank you, that's Ryan. True. I appreciate that. <laughs> It's weird. Uh, Miami Heat jersey I own. I have a Luau Dang Miami Heat jersey. I guarantee you, you don't know any Heat fan with that. No idea no. why, but I have it. I don't. I don't I'm, even think Luau Dangs wore that jersey. That's that's the thing. <laughs> I don't. I don't know any fans, any Bulls fans that have a Dang jersey either. So I've, I've got Dang jersey, a Bulls Dang jersey. Jesus, right? It was from. It was from the. It was from. It was from the Chicago Bulls shop when I went to Chicago Bulls Stadium. So. Oh, did you get it for um, free? Were they giving them away? No. Well, I saw some championships. Did you see some championships when you went to the Jazz Stadium? No. Is that some silence? Is, is that some silence there? Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> anyway, I can't remember the old thing winning a championship. Um, so we'll move swiftly on before this uh, gets out of hand. Actually, in fact, we'll, we'll talk about this. Doc does like players. And over the last five or six years, what I have noticed, Ryan, is that people don't follow teams anymore. Mm. People do prefer to follow players and they'll follow them around to whatever team they go to. Is this a generational thing? Because I, I, I grew up and I've been a jazz fan since forever. Um, but there is this there is this bit of a change now. And I don't know if it's because of social media or the way the league's covered or what it is. But would you say, being over in the States, that there is this kind of change where people do follow t- players rather than teams? Oh, 110%. I mean, yeah, I really do think it is a uh, generational thing. But also, I really think that, you know, you mentioned social media. I think that really does play a very big part in it. Because when when kids are growing up, you know, now, you know, you'll have a nine-year-old with the nicest iPhone that you could get now and he'll download Instagram, follow Bleacher Report, follow ESPN and you know those guys always posting about you know the mainstream guys, you know the highlight reels, all of that and they, the kids fall in love with those players and they become fans of those players so I really do think that you know it's more of a uh, generational thing because you know back you know 20, 30 years ago you know they people didn't have you know these uh, this technology you know social media things like that all they, all they had was watching the games really on their TV you know couldn't really couldn't really see the uh, the highlights that we're able to see now, you know, with the click of like two or three buttons. And, you know, people would fall in love with, uh, you know, certain teams of that uh, that era, you know, at the time. You know, my stepdad uh, as a kid fell in love with, uh, you know, Philadelphia Phillies just because at, during that time, you know, they were winning championships. They were one of the best teams and he stuck with them since. So really, I think there is a very big difference from, you know, 20, 30 years ago rather than uh, liking a team. And, you know, kids now, they, they like players, you know, uh, people like Giannis, LaMelo Ball, you know, one that really popped out of my head, you know, Bleacher Report's always posting about LaMelo Ball. But, you know, basically, I, I agree, you know, I really do think it's a uh, generational thing. And, Doc, you have, you're at school, um, obviously not as a student, but as a teacher, um, and you, you coach basketball as well. So um, do you see this with kids um, that you teach and that you coach that rather than that, like a kid will come in with like one jersey of one player all the time or do they kind of mix and match and have jerseys of different teams? I think it, it really does depend on the kids. I mean, I, I think some of the kind of older kids when you get to maybe 16, 17, you see them coming in with um, throwback jerseys of teams um, that players used to be on, which is, you know, that's totally fair enough. And that's that's why I, if someone said, what one team would you support? Like the team that I support would probably be the Mavs because I like the most players from them and I like their whole kind of ethos system. Whereas if it was if it was up to 
a player, I would need to say I need to follow LeBron wherever he goes because I always have. Um, so it, it's hard. It is, it's a hard one to say. So there will be a situation this year, I guarantee it, where the Miles will be playing the Lakers and I will be sitting there going, I'm happy either way, guys. We'll do whatever you do. You're happy either way. Okay. Um, you've given so much time up for LeBron. I don't think that's going to be true. Um, <laughs> we'll uh, move it along um, to some more topical stuff. Now, it's just come out in the last couple of hours that Ben McLemore um, is signing for the Lakers or signed for the Lakers. Um, Doc, you said straight off the bat when we mentioned it earlier that he's not going to be getting any minutes. Is this just a token signing in that case? There's that tumbleweed just rolling across your screens there just now, guys. This doesn't make a damn bit of difference to anyone. Um, the, the only thing it means is that it's backup cover. The fact that Wesley Matthews, as we know, has knees made of glass. Um, he's out just now with a neck sprain. It could be, I don't know, he could be feeling a little bit warm the next day. He'll probably be out for another three games for that. So it's really just backup cover. I don't see it really impacting anyone's minutes. I don't see them winning more games because they've got Ben McElmore. Uh I mean up until he was actually doing something on the Rockets with the decrepit roster they had and the skeleton team that he was playing with, there was no real big news that was coming out from Ben McElmore. So I was actually quite surprised the Rockets got rid of him because when he was playing with them, he was actually pretty half-decent. Yeah, he was all right. I mean, I think he played, what, 32 games for him. Um, but yeah, I've always thought he's a, a solid kind of rotational guy. He's, he's not someone that's ever going to set the world on fire. But um, I suppose, Ryan, with the amount of injuries that the Lakers have suffered, um, especially recently, um, players are dropping like flies. I suppose he's just there as an insurance policy more than anything else. Definitely. I definitely agree. I think... This move definitely uh, doesn't hurt them. Like in any, I think this really just it doesn't make them any better, but it doesn't hurt the team. It doesn't hurt anyone's players. It, like you said, insurance policy. If someone goes down, he could fill in and uh, pick up some minutes and be. He could be a solid player for them. And he was uh, he was solid for the Rockets. I remember uh, putting him into a couple of my FanDuel lineups last year during the season, and he was pretty solid for me. So I know he's a pretty solid player uh, on the court. And really, I think this is a it's a good move for the Lakers because, you know, the more they can add to that roster to try to, uh, you know, win a championship, it, it doesn't hurt at all. You know, what they did with uh, Andre Drummond as well. You know, they're they're trying to they're trying to compete for a championship and having uh, having a lot of depth on the uh, on the team, you know, for a championship roster always seems to help uh, teams in the long run. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd go along with that. Um, another player that looks like he may be on the move yet again. Um, is Kawhi Leonard. They've not really been able to put a, a decent team. I mean, he got Paul George, uh, playoff Paul, as he calls himself. Um, but he's not, he's, he doesn't set the world on fire for me. I've never been, I like Paul George. I think he's a decent player, but I don't think he's the player that he thinks he is. Um, I think he is a bit above his station at some points. But um, Doc, you've got to say that, are you surprised that Kawhi is going to, move on or does he actually for the first time in his career stick it out i i think you i think you'll probably stick it out I, if anything if, if i was clippers i would look to move uh playoff p on can we call him playoff p or yeah, yeah just uh, back, backboard p or you know pg13 as in <laughs> pg i might get 13 points i might not i might take 13 shots and get zero um <laughs> but yeah, I, if I was if I was um, Steve Ballmer and stuff, I would be looking at keeping keeping Kawhi and getting rid of PG. But it all depends on money and depends on Kawhi's agents. Because as we know, Kawhi is very sneaky when it comes to you know where he's going next and who he's making alliances with. Um, he he could. T- I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him team up with KD just to win all the ring. You know that that would be a big shock in, in my mind. I think the Nets would definitely have to unload some folks off that roster um, if, if that was to if that was to happen. Um, Ryan, he is, he has been this mystery man, you know. His, his his dad was his agent for a while, and you know his dad didn't talk to anyone, which meant no one could get any information, uh, which is quite unusual for agents because agents are usually they'll they'll give you some stuff at least, but he obviously he was quite guarded. Um, especially over the whole San Antonio and how that that kind of ended. 
one thing I'll give Kawhi credit for, and it's not very much, but he hasn't gone down that route again with the Clippers, knowing that actually they're not that great. Yeah, I really don't think the Clippers are that great. I, uh, you know, every every year in the playoffs, they just disappoint every single year, no matter who they have. It seemed like this past decade, and you know, Kawhi. He's having a great season, you know, averaging 25 points per game off of like six rebounds, four assists, you know, stellar year so far for him. But really outside of Paul George, they really don't have anyone else as another scoring option on that team. And, you know, I, with Kawhi, he, like you said, mysterious, mysterious man. No one ever knows what's going on inside of his head, really. Uh, he could end up requesting a trade, but I could also see him sticking it out just because of uh, purely, I think, because of the location and how L.A. is, you know, beautiful place to live. And he's also making the big bucks with the Clippers right now. And he might give them one more year to try bringing on more talent. Uh, I could definitely see the Clippers, you know, trading away some of their veterans like Morris, Ibaka, Jackson. Uh, I just don't think those guys are really that good anymore. Solid bench pieces, really not great starting uh, players. But if I had to predict now uh, whether Kawhi will be with the Clippers uh, a year from today, I would have to say no. I think he's gonna want to. I think he's gonna want out. I think he's gonna want to go and win another championship. I have no idea where that will be. Uh, fingers crossed, Miami Heat, because I would absolutely love that. But uh, you know, I really do think that uh, Kawhi's, uh, is, you know, his days are numbered definitely in uh, L.A. right now. So you said that he lives at, like it's a nice place to live in L.A. Um, if you asked Kawhi that, he wouldn't have an answer for you because he lives in <laughs> San Diego, um, which I think is is. is one of the problems with Kawhi, because he is that aloof, and he's, he kind of keeps. It's, it's almost as if he's. It's almost as if he's a running back, and he's like stiff arming the <laughs> NBA um, the whole way along. Um, I have a I have a tip that KP or Kristaps Porzingis um, is going to be in the Clippers uniform, and Kawhi probably with a couple of pieces as well, and Kawhi is going to be in Dallas. That's just that's just me kind of spitballing that, there. That would be, I don't that would I, be I, I don't think Mark Cuban goes for that. Mark Cuban likes to know his guys and likes to communicate with his guys and Kawhi's not that type of player. Like he's also can, a businessman though. He is, but can you can you imagine can you imagine Luca and that whole squad getting like really hyped up for a game and then Kawhi comes in like give me the ball. <laughs> <laughs> what you're shooting uh, I want to shoot a step back three over four different defenders just give me the ball <laughs> it wouldn't work it just wouldn't um, work that's it's not what Dallas has ever been about they're not they're not a clinical team they're a really fun team to watch they're energetic they get them down the floor that's not Kawhi style Kawhi's clinical it needs to be surgically a win and that's you know I just I don't uh, see it fitting in but maybe just maybe that's the one aspect of the Mavericks game that they're missing. Maybe they do need to be a bit more clinical. Yes, they are fun. I enjoy watching them. They're probably uh, a league pass team that I like to watch. But championship, winning one, takes someone who's maybe already done it before a couple of times. I, I think, I th- what do you think, Ryan? Do you think he could he could fit there? I have to side with you on this one. I think Kawhi and Luca on that in a squad together would be pretty, pretty deadly. I mean, you got Luca who could be the pure scorer for that team, point guard. Then you got Kawhi who could be the, you know, excellent defender that he is for that team. You know, that uh that veteran presence I think that the Mavs are missing right now. And I really do think that uh, you know, that would go really well. Like you said, they're missing that those pieces to uh, you know, win a championship. And they have Luca who's such a talented player and some other guys on that team that just can't remember off the top of my head right now. But I really do think adding Kawhi, if Kawhi was to go to the Mavs, I do think they would automatically become championship uh, contenders right off the bat. Do you, do, you know, do you know who I think is a perfect Mavs player who will also want out? Bradley Beal. That, that, that fits. The, mm-hmm. whole, the whole MO about what Bradley Beal is about, how he plays the game. How he slots in, we look at it. Just it just fits. It just meshes together so nicely. That's why I just don't. I don't think like the Mavs would go after someone like Kawhi. Veteran presence, yeah, totally. You'll go after one of those, but they won't let that be the main target for this offseason. I really highly doubt it. I think the key factor is Mark Cuban, and Mark Cuban is a very hands-on owner, um, which I quite like, and, and I'm I'm a fan of Mark Cuban. Yeah, some some says some outlandish stuff at times, but at the same time, he 
I think his team play how his pers- personality is. He just likes to have a laugh and have fun and enjoy life. So um, I, I think it'll come down to him. If, if he thinks as a businessman, that's a good business decision, I think he'll do it. But if he thinks that it's going to screw up the chemistry of the team and how the team play, then yeah, I, I think right. I think Doc, you're right. I think he he probably doesn't. Yeah, he probably goes down the Bradley Beal kind of route as well. Um, what we'll do is uh, just before we crack on with some more NBA news, uh, we will take a short break. So by now, you'll have seen our website, atpsports.net. You gotta admit, it's pretty awesome. It was brought to you by the team at Data Squared. You can find them on the web at datasq2.co.uk. They're dedicated to bringing the very best in website design with hosting and security. Their aim is to provide you with the very best package you need to help spread the word about your business. Data Squared will design and build a website for you. And they'll build it not just for desktop, but for all devices so you can be seen on the move. Data Squared will help you choose your domain, making sure it's relevant to you and your business. And they'll open up an online store for you. They have the tools so you can keep track of customers, their orders, stock, and much, much more. So why not expand your business online today? with Data Squared. Visit datasq2.co.uk. Okay, so we're back. Um, so I still have Ryan from Across the Pond and uh, Doc, um, who's also Ryan, but makes it easier if we call him Doc. Um, if you hear the outtakes ever of this podcast, you'll understand why. Um, Ryan, what else has been going on in the NBA this week? Or Doc? <laughs> yeah, so I think the biggest piece of news um, for this whole week is this kind of ongoing KD saga with him and Michael Rapper going back and forth on Twitter. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have kind of uh, looked it up at what, what's been going on, but KD probably wishes he still had use of those burner accounts. What's what's your what's your take on that, James? Um, so this is like I, I'm a big Michael Rapper fan. Um, I listen to his podcast. Uh, I like him as an actor. I think he's he's very talented and underrated. Um, I think Kevin Durant has scored an own goal, to use a soccer term. Um, he yet again has screwed up with social media. He somehow thinks that even though it's a DM, no one's ever going to see it. Um, and Michael Rappaport has, has called him out and... And if I'm honest, quite rightly so. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of waiting on the NBA to kind of come down on KD. Yeah, I think I think they have though. They've they've given him a fine, which I don't think personally isn't enough. You know, for for what was said in those DMs, um, Ryan. Do you think that's the 50k fine? Do you think that's enough for for a kind of kind of punishment for KD? Yeah, so personally, I have not seen the picture of the DMs. I'm definitely going to have to take a look at this. But I do know about, you know, obviously KD in the past uh, and obviously right now always causing trouble on social media with uh, the fans and celebrities and all that. Uh, In my opinion, if I think a fine is enough. I don't think there needs to be any other repercussions for KD. Like, it's just, you know, just a DM, just social media. If he actually did something to actually you know hurt someone as we see in sports today you know obviously suspensions are talked about things like that but you know KD he's he's always kind of been this uh social media guy who's always caused trouble with the burner accounts you know DMing other people all of that so in my opinion I do think a fine is uh is enough for uh Kevin Durant at the moment right now fair Um, enough fair enough I I would say because of the language and it obviously Brian, you've, you've not seen them, so that, that's absolutely fine. But I think from some of the language that he used, um, those homophobic slurs and stuff. Um, mm. So I, I would say because of that, I mean, I didn't see the fine. Sorry, Doc, I didn't see it. Um, but I, I don't think 50K is enough. And I think with the NBA trying to be such a progressive league um, and include everyone and be so inclusive, I, I think 50K is a drop in the ocean for someone like KD. And I think bigger fine and maybe a suspension. Yeah, I, I was actually of the opinion of it should be some kind of, you know, community outreach type thing he needs to do or some kind of like punishment that way. Not not like suspension, because let's face it, KD's hardly played this year at all anyway. What, has he played seven games of Harden? How long's Harden been on the Nets? So giving them a suspension isn't really going to do much. He's going to be like, oh, well, I'll take my suspension and, you know, rest up for the playoffs. So obviously I, I think like 
the whole the whole thing where Katie tried to brush it off of oh, I, we were just friends, we were having a bit of banter. That's not banter. I mean, Mike, Michael Rapaport has came out himself and said this is not how friends treat each other. He, he admits that the two of them were friends and they have been friends, but Katie stepped over the line and it went on for several months. So it wasn't a case of oh, this was just one outburst. It was a, a month, a month, at least a month long procession of messages back and forth. So yeah, I think it it, did, it does need to go further. I feel than just a fifty k fine. There needs to be some kind of you know. Um, action taken and you know a bit of kind of repairing the damages of KD's reputation and like the whole the league's reputation on the fact that you know they're letting him off a little bit lightly there does this come down to him being a superstar like if this was someone else that isn't a superstar that's maybe a starter but not you know superstar um would they do you think they would have got a different punishment oh definitely I mean if you if we're talking about um starters and not superstars if it was someone like Brute Lopez you know, I think we'd see this in a total different light. We know the Lopez brothers have a bit of a vengeance against uh, mascots, but if they took that, you know, to those kind of extremes and were putting in the mascots DMs and um, these homophobic slurs and stuff like that, it would be it would be major major news, and the NBA would be all over it. So the fact that it's KD, I think it's just getting a little bit, you know, a little bit kind of brushed on the carpet. I'm glad the fact that. Um, the Undisputed and stuff like that have picked up in this story and they are like supporting Michael Rapport and stuff. Um, I just, I, I, I hope that the NBA are looking a bit more into it rather than just saying, right, the 50k fine's enough. Yeah, I definitely hope there's more. Now, apparently there's a movie coming out, Ryan, uh, Doc. So, um, I've seen the trailer, mate. I'm going to be honest. I've seen better acting from a cardboard box. Oof. Uh, I, it's to be expected as as a, as a jazz fan, as a LeBron hater, etc., etc., etc. I actually thought it was it was good to kind of twist, and I think it, it's good that they're going on a different route um, with this new Space Jam movie. Um, what I quite liked about it is the fact that it's switching between cartoon and real real life in inverted commas, um, and like a bit of kind of CGI and stuff thrown in there. I like the fact that they're throwing they're throwing back to some players, etc., and they're like you know they're harking back to previous things that have happened in in big kind of NBA games. I think that's that's going to be a real good, um, not not it, it might not be a totally different movie than the original, but I think it'll be a good take on what where it could go and where it could possibly become a franchise rather than just a one off standalone movie. What what's your take on on the the Space Jam trailer, Ryan? Uh, yeah, so I haven't watched Space Jam 1 or the one with Michael Jordan in forever, probably since I was like elementary school. And uh, I saw the trailer for this. I thought it looked freaking awesome, in my opinion. It just looked really cool. Uh, you know, James, you said you've seen better acting from a cardboard box. I would have to agree. But, uh, you know, with LeBron James being the uh, the lead actor for this movie, I'm really I'm not really expecting the uh, the most stellar acting from him. I'm expecting, you know, a cool movie, you know, you know, cool cameos from different players, uh, you know, cool, cool CGI, all that kind of stuff. And just something, something fun that I could go watch with my friends, uh, you know, at the movies and just uh, enjoy myself. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to this movie. Uh, expectations are low so I can enjoy the movie. Uh, but yeah, you know, that's, that's pretty much my take on it. Now, I will be fair. Michael Jordan wasn't exactly uh, winning any Oscars for his performance <laughs> in the first one. So I will, I will kind of, pan that out and I am a fan of Michael Jordan so um but I, I don't know um I'm just like I knew this was coming I knew Space Jam was coming and, and everybody did and, and like you Ryan yeah there's going to be some awesome cameos and stuff but the, the way they've kind of done it it kind of now I have small kids so I've seen Wreck-It Ralph and Wreck-It Ralph does the internet and it just kind of looks like Wreck-It Ralph does the internet or blows up the internet, whatever it is. Um, it kind of looks like they've kind of went for that kind of feel. And I suppose that is the more updated version, I guess. Yeah, I think it's really just the audience that they're targeting there. You know, just just now, just the, the people who are going to be watching it is just different than when uh, Space Jam with uh, MJ came out. So really, I think that's really what that has to do with. Yeah, I, I think they're, they're targeting yeah the younger audience and stuff and like they're they're obviously trying not to step on any toes from the previous one so if it was just like the previous space jam there'd be a lot of comparisons and there'd be a lot of trashing and stuff like that like you guys i, I don't know if you guys have seen the the ghostbusters movie and then they remade the ghostbusters with women 
and there was a whole bunch of bad comments on that just for the fact that it shouldn't have been done like that because it was too similar to the original etc 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 i mean i've seen both movies i like both movies i thought they were they were they were different enough and you know they both got their own merits so i i think they're just trying to play a little bit safe with that and what i would just like to say about the actors who we've kind of seen portrayed in the kind of goon squad so far we've always seen we've seen dame we've seen ad we've seen clay uh, and we've seen possibly a dig at KD. I know it's actually uh, Diana Terese, um, but I don't know if you guys have Terrasi. seen the snake. Um, the snake looks very similar to KD as well. It's, it's that's quite funny. That would be interesting. I'm sure my kids will have nightmares after that. Thanks for that. <laughs> uh, so um, the Charlotte Hornets um, are down another player and a pretty big, significant player who's who's actually been doing pretty well for them, Gordon Hayward. Um, Gordon Hayward, I don't think, has ever recovered. Um, and I don't think he is ever going to recover from that horrible injury in Boston. Um, he just, I don't know, his, when he was in Utah, I mean, he didn't miss games. He didn't miss games for whole seasons. Um, and obviously since that horrendous injury in Boston, he's just been plagued. And, and Doc, we see him down with another one. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not surprised. We, we basically call we call him on here, Mister Glass. You know, he he literally picks up every energy underneath the sun. You name it, he's had it. It all seems to be lower body ones. I mean, he does he did have that broken wrist earlier on the season, um, but this this sprain fruit it could be a big one, mainly for the fact that it might really cost the the Hornets their chance at the playoffs, which is you know be real gutting for them because as I've been saying since the start since before the start of the season. They were my kind of the dark horse pick for a surprise playoff berth slash first round upset because they, they had all this possible potential and you know the way they were playing when they had all their guys healthy was pretty scary. They were taking out some big big hitters, you know. So the fact that he's went down, Lamel's out, Monk's out now as well. So they're they're having to really clutch at straws to try and fill those roster spaces that they've got on their on on their on their bench and. They're, they're playing a lot of guys out of position, so it'll be real interesting to find out how they're going to really try and stumble across the line into, into the playoffs. Ryan, what's what's your feelings about how the Hornets might proceed? Yeah, so, you know, when I think about the Hornets, you know, they've had, a, for, for what they are right now, they've had a stellar season, in my opinion. Uh, I I thought they were going to be another bottom team once again. I still thought they had a couple more years till they were good again, or, you know, good for their uh, their standing but you know this season's been really good for them uh Lamelo's looked great for them you know more than great for them uh Gordon Hayward has looked pretty good for them but you know completely agree with you guys I think he's Mr. Glass uh I don't think he's ever going to fully recover from that injury on a uh, Boston uh Terry Rozier is another great uh underrated player for them as well uh I even though this year you know now with these injuries uh they might miss the playoffs I think, you know, the, the Hornets, they have a great future right now. And I think next year that they are definitely going to be a playoff team if the players stay healthy. And I think, you know, it can only go up from here from the Hornets at this point. Yeah, I I, I, I think, like, the, the next year, it'll be really, really telling on who they decide to keep uh, in terms of their bigs. The fact that they've got Cody Zeller playing very minimal minutes, Bismarck Biambo playing very minimal minutes, and P.J. Washington is really showing the fact that he is their best center. You know, when he's on the floor, the amount of space they have, and often they go with four guards and, and P.J. Washington, and it's just really entertaining basketball. The fact that uh, Devontae Graham had a real slow start to the season, I wasn't surprised by, but the fact when he went out and came back in as the kind of backup scorer, it really kind of turned his whole season around. It showed the real potential that he shown in his uh, rookie year last year, and he's kind of really developed, which is, is fantastic to see. Yeah, he's been pretty good. Uh, I think he's been pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the Hornets as a whole have been good, and I think, and I, I'll hold my hands up to you, Doc. He, he's, uh, you called it. The Hornets were going to be good. I thought Lamelo was going to be a bit like Lonzo, and and just a bit of a, a cheap knockoff from a decent player, um, but he's not at all. Um, I, I I hold my hands up and. I'll say, no, this this kid made the right decision. He went to Australia, played a year pro, um, came back to the US, and 
you know, he's, he's killing it. And I'm, I'm actually genuinely gutted he's injured because I think he is a, a great talent um, and he's going to be great to watch um, for, for the future years. Um, there are two players um, this week. One's back in LA and one's re-signed for the Bucks. Um, Cousins is back in LA. Holiday's re-signed for the Bucks, or he's committed to them at least. Um, which is the bigger deal, Doc? Uh, I think it's I think it's the Drew Holiday one. Um, Cousins for LA. I think he gets quite a lot of minutes. Um, but I don't see him staying there. He's obviously shown that he wants to get back into the NBA as a full-time player rather than, oh, I'll play two games and then just start the rest of the season while my, while my team tries to off me in waivers. Um, whereas Drew Holiday is is getting the big bucks, uh, no pun intended, uh, but four years, max deal. Um, it's I don't know where the bucks go from here now because now they have three max guys for the next four years. Where, who do they fill their bench with? You know, they've got, they've got Brooke Lopez for the next two years as well, on like 13 million a year. I, I'm really not sure how they fill up that roster, roster spaces now. Ryan, what, what's your take on, on these two? Yeah, so I'm the opposite of you. I really like the DeMarcus Cousins move for the Clippers. I thought that he is a – he. people forget that he was an all-star player a couple of years ago and just had – a couple of unlucky and bad injuries to his career. And, you know, obviously hasn't been the same player since, but it doesn't hurt them to, you know, sign him to a 10-day contract, try him out, you know, see see what he does and if he can return to a uh, better form. So I was a really big fan of that move for the Clippers. Uh, the holiday move for the Bucks, not, not a fan at all, in my opinion. I've, you know, pl- paying that much for a player who this season is only averaging 17 a game right now, and, you know, the Bucks really, compared to last season, have not changed that much at all, in my opinion. I still think they're the same team, same level of the team as they were last year. And I still think my Miami Heat can beat them in five or six games in the playoffs this year if we end up playing against them. So, really, just not a fan. Uh, it's going to put them in cap hell, put it that way. Uh, they're, they're, like you said, uh, like you said, Doc, you know, they're, be- they're not going to have anyone to put on their bench. Their, their bench is just going to be a bunch of nobodies. And that's never been good for teams, uh, you know, going down the stretch in the playoffs. You know, you always need those solid bench players. And I think that's also a big reason why the Miami Heat made that stretch run uh, this past year because they had a, such a well-rounded team. So, all in all, big fan of Cousins, not a big fan of the holiday move. Yeah, it's just... It's a weird one because I think I like Drew Holiday. I think um, he's a cracking player, but I don't think he is max potential. Um, I just, I just don't see it. And I think Ryan, like you say, the, the Bucks again. They've done this before. Like they've got, they've got form for this. They give out these max contracts like they're sweeties, and you know players are going to take them. I mean, if you offer a player a max contract, he's going to take it. Um, so I'm not surprised that he took it, but I just, I don't know what the, the Bucks are up to. In terms of Cousins, I, I think he definitely wants to have a full-time job. Um, and I think he's he is sick of kind of just getting moved around the league. Because ever since that injury, that's pretty much all that's happened. He's just got moved around and waved and whatever else. So I, I kind of feel for the guy. Um, he's kind of all heart, but ever since he left Sacramento, he's, he's, he's not had it easy. Um, and that's another player who was with the team for a long time, moved, got injured, and just has never, never really been seen again. Um, oh, he has, and then he got injured again. So, um, yeah, I mean, he, he, did, he did have that short stint in New Orleans with Anthony Davis, and they were a real force. They um, were. He was really good. When, when they were, it was a short, short stint, though, wasn't yeah. it? It, wasn't, yeah. it didn't last. And obviously, um, I, I was a fan of that because like, I, I like I liked the fact that him and AD were together because I thought it was a really good pairing, but mm-hmm. it, it just didn't last because of injuries. And then obviously, you know, there was a few moves made. Um, last thing we will talk about is um, Doc's Dallas Mavericks. They're on a bit of a run just now. Um, they won six in a row now. Um, last night, they beat the Utah Jazz, who had won nine in a row. Um, and the Jazz were were doing quite well, you know, on a nice run. And, yeah, Royce O'Neal missed eight three-pointers. He took eight and missed eight. 
um, which is never going to go down well. It's a bit unusual for him because he has been doing pretty well of late. Um, but there was just, there was a bit of kind of almost tired legs, if you like, toward, towards the end of the game. And I don't, I don't think the Jazz really, it just didn't look like they were up for it at all. Um, and I think they played a lot of games. And although you might say it was an easy schedule, these these last kind of nine, ten games, but it, you're still having to do a lot of traveling stuff. Um, and I don't think when you're on road trips and everything else, I don't think that's easy. Um, and sometimes it's really weird how the NBA do this. I don't know why they do it. But like you play two or three games away on the road, come back home for a home game and then be back on the road again. That, that's a bit weird because then effectively it just feels like another away game anyway because you, you're still traveling so much. Um, Doc, the Mavs are good and they're getting good at a good point of the season uh, because obviously we're, we're running up to the playoffs now. Um, you must have good vibes for them making the playoffs. I mean, definitely. I mean, uh, I think we talked about it quite early on in the season. Um, Mavericks, I thought they were going to be around the kind of fourth seed. Now, obviously, due to injuries and COVID, etc., it didn't really happen for them. Um, but the fact that now they've got Finney Smith back firing, Jay Rich is kind of starting to get back to the kind of form that he showed when he was in Miami, where he was being a, more of a kind of defensive guy, taking the occasional shot, you know, making key passes, etc. Uh, and the health of Persingas is the big thing. You know, I mean, me and you were texting last night, and you were asking me if I'm going to watch the, the Mavs game. And I said, I probably wouldn't because the Mavs didn't have Porzingis and the Jazz are on a massive hot run. And I was like, it's probably been an easy win for your Jazz, just like the rest of your 10-game slot there. It was just ridiculous, the amount of teams you guys played under 500. Um, but, yeah, I, I chose to watch the, the, the Raptors game um, a bit closer rather than the Mavs game. And then I, I did tune in for the last 5-10 minutes just to see what was going on. Um, and it was it was, pretty, it was a pretty brutal game. I don't know if you, you watched much of the game, James, um, but the last five, 10 minutes, you were basically just trying to beat up on Doncic and give, get him to give up the ball, which it didn't really work, you know, because obviously you guys didn't get back into the game, but, you know, it, it can have knock-on effects if Doncic does pick up a little niggle here and there. And obviously, with the kind of standings, it could be a first-round matchup that you guys are playing the Mavs. What's, what's your take on that? I think if we play the Mavs and we play them like that, then yeah, we're in trouble in the first round. <laughs> um, I, I do, like I said, I, I watched, um, to be fair, I watched a little bit of the game and then I watched most of it today um, just because of the, the time difference. But I, I have to say that the Mavs have impressed me all year long. I've always liked the way that the Mavs go about things. I'm a big fan of the coach. Um, and Doncic is, is a machine. Let's be honest, he is uh, an ultimate machine. Um, he's maybe not as ice cold as Kawhi Leonard, but he he just goes, and he's like, he's like the Energizer Bunny. Like he just it's like he's got those Duracell X batteries in him, and he just goes. Um, and he's great could, to watch. He's actually fun to watch, and um, which is really yeah. Good. Yeah, could could say he was he was rookie of the year, and you know your guy wasn't. Your guy was, was not on form last night, was right. it? 20, we're, 20, we're not 20, getting 20, on to redshirt rookie Ben Simmons, right? 26% from the field last night, James. I think that was your main issue, the fact that he just could not find his range. I think, I mean, he did hit one from, and that was a, the, the, the game the other night. Um, sorry, I was having a mind blank. Um, I think when you have a player... Not Donovan Mitchell, but a player that misses eight three-pointers. Um, I think that that usage kind of could have went somewhere else, like maybe a Joe Ingles or something. Um, Joe Ingles has been pretty pretty decent, but yeah, I think Donovan has an off night. And and when they had their last run, what was that eleven twelve game run last time of wins? Um, I said it before. You know, you you're going to lose at some point, and players are going to get tired, and you know, players are going to have off nights, and. It's just an off night. It's not. It's not something I worry about. Um, we are only two and a half games ahead of the the Suns now. Um, however, we're five and a half games ahead of the Clippers, um, which is a, is a nice, comfortable cushion. But the Suns are on a run. The Suns have won six in a row. They're they're looking good. Um, Ryan, do you think the Suns can push and and take first place from the Jazz as they close out the season? Uh, my opinion, no. I think the Jazz, they, they've been great 
all season. Uh, Gobert, Mitchell, uh, Conley, all those guys on the Jazz, you know, all great, great players. Uh, like you said, you know, when you go on those win streaks, players get tired eventually. You're going to lose one eventually. I think this loss that the Jazz took last night, you know, not don't don't look too deep into it. I would say uh, don't, you know, take, you know, take it with a grain of salt. I think the Jazz are going to finish as the one seed in the West. They've been great all year. They're going to take a couple losses here and there the regular season, but I think, you know, the winning, the winning will continue for the Jazz. Although I do think the Suns are going to be a top three uh, team in the West, whether it be uh, two or three. And Doc, what about you? Do the, the Suns, like Ryan says, do they stay top three or are they destined for going below? I, I think the Suns will probably end up top three, but um, the the thing I would say is they will probably start to rest on their players. Uh, Booker hasn't had many nights off, neither has Chris Paul. Uh, DeAndre Ayton definitely has it had not any, not any nights off, uh, and they've had they've not had as many injury bugs as the rest of the league. So that's obviously why they're having such a good run just now. What I would worry about, and it's a team that's coming into form just at the right point, is Denver. Denver is tracking teams down. Like if you look at the standings and their progression over the last month and a half, it's pretty scary. And the fact that they've added Aaron Gordon and he's he seemed to he's just slotted into that system really really well. It, I, I've been really taken aback by it. I thought that he would probably obviously replace Millsap and play a bit better defense than Millsap was, but I didn't anticipate his scoring and the fact that he's you know just been this effective from the field. That's that's a real concern. If I was a Jazz fan, I'd be looking at that. That was a real steal at the trade deadline. Um, was getting Aaron Gordon. Um, I've been a fan of Aaron Gordon for a while. Um, I had hoped that when Favors moved to New Orleans, the Jazz might try and get Aaron Gordon. Um, that never kind of happened. There was rumours, but never kind of came to fruition. Um, looking out east then, um, the Nets are top, but only half a game ahead of the 76ers, two games ahead of the Bucks. Um, the biggest win streak is uh, your Miami Heat. Um, they've won four on the bounce, which is good because it gets them back into uh, above 50. Um, are of the Heat, can the Heat push um, and take over the Hawks and maybe even catch up with the Bucks? Yeah, so I have kind of a weird, uh, weird take on the Heat. Uh, last season, you know, before before or towards the uh towards the end of you know right before corona started you know we were kind of slowing down we were losing easy games and we didn't look that great and then covid started we came back bubble happened and then playoffs happened and we were we were the fifth seed and you know with this heat team they might not be as good in the regular season but come playoff time, now with the, the experience as well, uh, building off of last year, I really do think this Heat team in a game in a uh, seven game series can take any team in the East in the playoffs, no matter who it is. I, I do think that the Heat have the uh, have the tools, have the potential to make the finals again this year. Will they? I'm not too sure, but I do think it can happen. And in terms of the regular season. I see. I see Miami finishing as a five or four seed. Uh, I think the East is really weird this year. A lot of teams are just like barely over five hundred or a little under five hundred that are in the playoffs. So teams are just always moving around. So I think you know, come the last week of the regular season, we'll probably know. You know, we'll have our solidified answer of where most of these teams will be ending up. But in my opinion, I I, I have Miami finishing as a five or four seed most likely. Awesome. Right. Uh, Doc, sorry, I keep messing this up. Um, <laughs> Doc, um, you're a Heat guy um, or a Jimmy guy. Um, it's It's got to be kind of tough. I mean, what, they're six and a half games behind uh, the Bucks. Is fourth the best they can hope for? Um, possibly. It all depends on what the Bucks do. They're starting to rest Giannis. Um, what I don't think the Bucks are probably going to drop off. I think they're going to still go a steady pace. So catching the Bucks when it's six six games, six and a half games, that's a big ask. And knowing the way that Spo likes to run his rotations, Dragic is definitely going to get some rest. I'm hoping he gives Jimmy some rest. 
Bam will get some rest. Tyler needs some rest because I've seen him, you know, he, he sparks up for five, six games and he burns himself out. So he needs a rest as well. Um, the one thing I would say is I'd be scared about what's happening what's happening to the Nets. We know KD's out still. He's There's no confirmed date that he's coming back. Um, what happened last night is James Harden started. Four minutes he lasted. Back off with a tight hamstring. I really wonder what's going to happen with them. Because um, if they really want the one seed, they're going to need to play James Harden or KD. Neither of them have the best injury record this year. So, yeah, I think they're going to drop off a bit. 76 was should be the number one seed anyway. They've got the best team, in my opinion, in the East. Um, the most kind of complete team. Not the best coach, so I wouldn't say they're going to win the East, per se. Um, I think it will probably be a Sixers Heat final, um, just to find out who is the better coach, uh, rather than uh, who's got the best bench or squad, because I think like the 76ers have the best bench and squad, whereas the Heat have the most versatility um so and the better coach so it'll be it'll be a good one i think it will be a good playoff series to watch between those two yeah i think it will and i think um as for the nets last night i mean if it wasn't for probably jeff green um it would, could have been a totally different story um they still there was actually to the win. some uh some james harden news actually just came out uh he underwent an mri mri today revealed a right hamstring strain and he's going to be reevaluated in 10 days so he's out for at least 10 days Ooh. yeah so they've lost durant and harden so Kyrie can't take any days off then i guess yeah definitely not but he, ne- he needs he, he needs to get his spirit water holy water again start blessing some buildings that is <laughs> it's not going to be good for him i mean they've got what the the remnants of blake griffin LaMarcus Soldier's left leg and DeAndre Jordan. That's pretty much it. I'm pretty sure they're, um, who was it? Tyler Johnson is rolled out as well for quite well. Well, I think that happened last night as well. So that's, that's not a good one for the Nets. No, um, the Nets have, do have some troubles. However, if you look at the standings, they could afford them. They'd, I mean, they still make the playoffs. Um, so they can afford to have some issues, but certainly in a run up to, the playoffs, you want your guys playing some games before you get into the playoffs. So hopefully they can get all their guys back um, before before playoff time. Anyway, this has been um, a great show. We've, we've covered a lot um, here. Uh, Ryan, just before we, we sign off, um, do you want to tell everyone about your podcast, where you can find you on social media and all that jazz? Yeah, definitely. So if you want to uh, find our socials, our podcast, we are on Pretty much any uh, app you could listen to a podcast on. If you just look up Quarantine Football with Nate and Ryan, you should be able to find us. Also on Instagram, we have an Instagram account at QF Podcast. uh, Post a ton of football content on there, episode updates, and our links in our bio there. And then on Twitter, you can find us at QF Podcast underscore. So same as Instagram, just with an underscore after the podcast. And uh, yeah, you know, James, uh, Doc, you know, thank you guys for uh, having me on, you know, being able to talk, switching up, talking uh, NBA basketball, because I love talking some basketball always. So, you know, once again, thank you guys. I had a blast today. Yeah, it's been good to have you, man. Um, And Doc, we'll be back next week and uh, we'll have another guest, um, this time from the Golden State Warriors. So we're going to go across the pond and across the nation um, to, to San Francisco um, and have Kareth Burke next week. Are you, are you excited about that? Yeah, it's going to be a good one. I think it's it's going to be a real uh, good insight on to see um, what the feelings are in Golden State and what is going to happen when Clay comes back. Are they going to make another title push or not? That's going to be a real good one. And that's something we can uh, certainly talk to Kareth about, about next week. Uh, for now, thanks so much for listening. Um, we've got podcasts coming your way all week long. The MLB guys did their podcast yesterday, and that came out this morning. Um, so if you haven't checked that out, they're looking at opening weekend. Um, NHL guys, they did their podcast, Josh and Chris. Um, and they had a very special guest from the Arizona Coyotes on there. Um, so give that a listen. And we've got some more shows coming up for you this week as well. So do check our feeds and our social media. Um, but for now, have a great rest of your week. You've been listening to Across the Pond Sports Podcast, part of Across the Pond Sports Network. Keep checking back for more episodes. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.